at the next podcast. Uh, we have a fellow photographer, Corey Freeman. How you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm well. Fuck, you are massive. I am one of the bigger guys on the circuit. That's correct. <laughs> uh, how long have you been fucking like training and stuff? Training's probably been, when did I start? I would have been 22 and I'm 37, nearly 38 now. So okay. a few years. Yeah. I used to compete. Uh, I think my last comp would have been nine years ago in bodybuilding. So. You, you probably still can compete. Look, my coach is pushing me to next year. Yeah. Yeah. You got some serious bulk. It's it's one of those things, you know. You, the the competition side of uh, <clears throat> bodybuilding is quite full on. You really need to have yeah. everything in life sort of working in in synchronicity, so everything makes it easy for you to focus on prep. Yeah, and it's it's the discipline and and the and the dollars, right? Correct. Like yeah, you got you, you got to have the dollars. And for, for a male competitor in uh, untested federations, so with with steroid use, um, we're talking alone probably twenty grand. Yeah. Minimum for a, for a comp, a season, 30-week prep. Yeah. It's not cheap. Yeah, it's not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap. And that, that could be for, for no result as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, now, we've been following each other for a while, so it's so great Long to, time. Uh, like, one, finally meet you and two, bang, on the podcast. That's it, right? That's it. <laughs> uh, how long have you been um, into photography and doing that type of stuff? It's, it's interesting my my start into photography because I actually started as a graphic designer and a hand illustrator. Right. So it goes to show my age. Yeah. Because <laughs> back in the day, we'd hand draw stuff for magazine or for, for print and things like that. So wow. I started off doing graphic design. So I came up through the years of the colourful Emacs, all that sort of stuff, um, and progressed into photography just when I started my own company. So I started a, as a sole trader many years ago. Yeah. Um, and just out of necessity, I needed... I needed photography yeah. and I was paying photographers more than what I was charging the client for photography work to put into my graphic work. So it yeah. just didn't work for me. So I thought I can do that. And I'm very well known for jumping in the, the deep end and just giving it a go. Oh, fucking love I, th- it. I think you've got to these days. <sighs> you hundred percent. You have to like, like I understand people's fear, but, but everyone's going to have fear. Yeah. Regardless, and I think it's human it, nature. I think it's yeah because it's 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 um it's survival, right? We're we're constantly in survival mode, and so you know the the the, the people that I'm meeting more and more are the people that are one the ones that they have the fear, but they're not afraid to like just fuck it and like let's go. Yeah, you know? I think it's healthy. You know, if if you. Everyone has fears of something. Mm. Um, and I find, especially in the entrepreneurial space, if yeah. we're going to go into that sort of lingo, um, those of us who take that leap, I think it, it's healthy. It's, 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 we're the ones that sort of tend to succeed or at least follow through on passionate things in our lifestyles. Yeah, and, 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 and we're also the ones that are really pushing the boundaries around what's normal or, or what's, um, what's status quo. Yes. You know, like push the boundaries of what people expect. And and I really connect with that because of the fact that we live on an island. <laughs> yep. And it's a massive island. It's a massive island. And, yes, we, we are – like that's a good thing but it's also a bad thing. Yep. Like in terms of we get influenced a lot from like the US or Europe, you know, from a business or GDP point of view yep. and all yep. that type of stuff, political point of view. But then in the creative space, it's kind of like 
you're not really influenced by a lot of people unless you kind of like look outside of Australia. Yeah, I think you've really got to search um, creatives out mm. for new influence. I think speaking to a lot of uh, models and talent that we would work with essentially – especially from interstate, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, there's a lot of good creatives in Melbourne. Yeah. But there's a lot of photographers and you know, videographers and creatives outside of this, this, this state. But I think there's so much diverse culture here that the influence stays within Victoria. Like, yeah. I, I can't say I honestly follow too many outside of this state that influence my work. Yeah. There's a couple of my mates like Gritty, True Gritty. He's... I've loved his work since I ever came across him and first met him. But yeah, there's not Queensland guy, right? He's Sydney, just Sydney. moving to Brisbane. Just moving, okay. Uh, for his new his new business that he's running. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I tend to find that you end up following a lot of the people within Victoria, and we all you can see each of our work sort of reflecting. It sort yeah. of does circles. Yeah. Um, and for you know probably the last six to eight months, where my my private work has taken off, which is what I would consider the photography work with models that you'd see on this account that I normally use. Yeah. Um, it's taken off because I've broken, in my mind, I've broken free of following that trend that seems to just circulate in this sort of state. Yeah. Um, and people have noticed the style's changed. What made you want to break free? My personality hates following a trend. <laughs> Like, I, you look at me, I am not your regular-looking human being. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, you, you look like everybody I know. From, <laughs> Everyone I know looks like you. From, from you know, from being told I used to look like a basketball because I was so tall, but then you end up looking like a Viking or an MMA player or, uh, sorry, player, a fighter. Um, everything, I look like a bikey because i got the tats and I used to be bald, like I'd shaved my head off. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't follow normal trends. Yeah. Um, I don't look like your standard photographer. By any means, um, but I love that. I love having a character that people go holy and just like you stand out. It's polarizing, I think, and either people really love it yep. or people don't know how to take it. Correct. And look, and again, like we're just having a conversation before about having your first impression when you come across someone that you're going to be working with. You have a very limited amount of time to make a great impression. Yeah. Um, and my personality, I think it, it really does. Your energy introduces you before you enter the room. Oh, yeah, 100%. And when you come in, if you carry a negative sort of energy about you, that's going to really ruin your session when it comes to doing a photo shoot or just yeah. anything in general. But I think, as you know, when I walk in the door, it's not, it's like a ray of sunshine, man. We're just ball of energy, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I think you've yeah. got to be like that. So my, my personality can be quite overwhelming, but it's not to the point where I think it pushes people away. I think it just encourages people to just sort of match my energy. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And so what inspires you to kind of do the things that you do? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I like the rebellious act of human nature. I yep. like to go against the grain as much as I can whilst sort of keeping elements on, on par so that people don't get too lost. What, whilst, while still staying within the realms of Instagram. Oh, let's, let's, yeah, the community <laughs> guidelines. Don't, don't even get me started. As a lot of people that know me well know, I hate, hate, and that's, it's a horrible word, but I hate Instagram guidelines. I, I go through waves where I'm like, yeah, I gotta be a good boy. No, I wanna like push it. And then I'm like, no, 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 gotta be, gotta be a good boy. Yeah, like, so I, I like to think that if there's a line drawn in the sand, my toes are over the edge. Mm. That's how I like to tread when it comes to Instagram. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> it's a love-hate relationship, that guideline. <laughs> I tell you. So um, are you on – sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish answering the question, what inspires you? <laughs> yeah, no, okay. So difference. I, I like to – I like to see people put like coming out of their comfort zone, yeah, and trying something they haven't done before, yeah. Um, in a, in a sort of like sense, everyone that does sort of starts in their photography element or videography, or whatever, they want to work with famous or celebrity looking people, people that have status or following, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you'll find that a lot of people that I work with don't. I like to find unique faces and then put them in a context which is not something they're used to. Yeah. And then you see their eyes light up at that result and go, holy crap, that, that's actually me. Yeah. That's humbling, man. Yeah. You know, whether 100% it, it's humbling. You take a photo <clears throat> within the first five minutes, you crack a couple of shots and, you, and like people that know me or shot with me know I laugh. I giggle when I get a good shot. And the first thing I want to do is just show them. When you can break someone's idea of what they look like, you've won. Yeah, 100%. It's a great two, three, one-hour session after that. 100%, 100%. What I do, um, I ask a series of questions before we do a shoot and one of those questions is um, what's your your least favourite body part? Yep, yep. And and then for the rest of the shoot, my challenge is to show them something different, particularly with that body part. Yep. yep. Last year I had a friend of mine come for a shoot. She, She said that... Um, one, her least favorite body part was her hips. Sure. And uh, we did a shot upstairs in the bedroom, two windows side by side. She's yep. in front of the mirror. Yep. It was a, her most favorite shot of the entire shoot. And that's winning. And it was like just the perspective and, yep. you know, kind of the main feature, the focus were her hips and it was yeah. just like. You, you can portray someone's worst body part in a in a pleasing light. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think I think we we forget that yes, we've lived in our bodies our whole whole lives and we've collected all of these thoughts and feelings and, you know, experiences with our bodies and we forget the fact that, you know, when someone else sees you, it's the first time that they've seen you. Correct. And in actual fact, it everything about you should be adored or you know, kind of recognized as Correct. something great because what's what's the stat? It's like we had a one in three or four trillion chance. Yep. And we beat it. Yeah, that's it. And we existed. That's it. Against all those other spam. <laughs> against all odds. That's right. You know, and I think, yeah. So it's um Yeah, it's 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 a unique perspective looking at it that way too. Like I, I think we all hate or dislike certain features of ourselves. Yeah. That is just a standard human quality. We there is inevitably something we don't like. Um, one of my main cues, anyone anyone that's working with me will know. The first thing I ask is, what side of the mirror do you turn your face to? Yeah. Like, what what's have you got a preferred side of your face? Because most people do. Yeah. Most people do. Not ninety eight percent will say, oh, it's this side, and it's usually the side that they've parted their hair to give that window, so you can see their favorite side. But it's best to ask, and they'll go, oh, um, I'll say, what way do you turn in the mirror? Yeah. Because you'll look at your favorite side, you'll then compare, and you'll come back. God damn, we, we actually follow the same approach. I ask, I, ask, I ask the same question and if they're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm like... There's a mirror over there, have a look for me. Well, no, I go, which, are you left-handed or right-handed? How yep. do you take a selfie? Yeah, yep. 
Because if you take your selfie with your left hand... Yeah, you're looking for that left side of your face. That's a left side of your face. Yeah, it's true. And if they go, oh, no, it's my right side, but I am left-handed, and I go, oh, so you're one of those weird people that yeah, go cross, cross, cross body? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, and then we have a laugh. Well, there's, there's sometimes too where some, some will part their hair so it covers their favourite side of their face. Yeah. And that's just an insecurity feature. Yeah. Or like they they want to focus more on like being mysterious and yep. like not really you know extroverted in terms of their Correct. personality and yep. stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting that that side of photography when you first get to obviously interact with a new person. Yeah, um, I'll generally scope out someone's Instagram because that's that gives all the features away that they're sort of highlighting in their their shots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as a backup, it's always best when you know, you're communicating with somebody that you're showing an interest that you actually are trying to work out certain features about them so you can work with them yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah um being so tall like did you uh have any insecurities about being so tall like when you were younger uh no because mm. like i i wasn't the tallest in my my group of friends until i finished high school right i was short right so i, I shut up in my like early 20s i actually took off in height yeah <laughs> so it was during funnily enough i was not always this size um, I'm 130 kilos currently. Wow. Right, so I, up until the age you of... You are a unit. <laughs> up until the age of 21, I was about 86 kilos. Okay. So I was playing state grade tennis. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. And I, you'll, uh, my parents will, will never let me live it down, but I gave up tennis for going to the gym and having a social life. Yeah. Because okay. I was at the isn't same time. Isn't tennis social? Yeah, but it's it's quite a high impact sport. I was doing like a Monday night mixed, Tuesday night men's doubles, Wednesday training, Thursday singles, Saturday state grade. It was very full on. Yeah, and then right. I started. I was getting to that age at nineteen where you're sort of starting to go in night clubbing and out with friends. And yeah. Then I started running nightclubs, um, Thursdays had, and Saturdays. It just my life changed. It shifted, and then it became more of like a visual thing. What do I look like? So I started going to the gym. Yeah. And it just. <laughs> It never went back from there. Yeah, right, yeah, right, so. right. How funny. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so what do you do like do you do you do photography like full time? Yeah. So my I have two sides to my business. So obviously the private side is what a lot of people in your podcast will probably come across, my Corey Uncensored page. Yeah. That's all the sort of privatized photography work. That's actually that page will slowly become more about just me in general, what I do photography wise and video and the models I work with and yeah. just the lifestyle of that. And I'll explain why in a minute. Um, the other side is commercial. So I'm actually a full-time commercial photographer and videographer. Wow. That's what I do. So my main business is actually FD Media. So it's a, another company. That's right, FD yeah. Media. And so um, are there only like specific clients that you kind of work with from an industry point of view? No, or you work so with coming from the fitness industry, that was obviously a, a very easy Easy ball pick for me. Yeah. Um, I used to get a lot of athletes, still do, athletes wanting photo shoots, video because they're either PTs online or face-to-face, -face, businesses wanting to grow in that manner. Yeah. Um, and that just evolved because I, I don't like doing the same thing too often. Yeah. I get bored. Yeah. And have to move on to other projects. So I do things like uh, work with Bond Street Dental. So it's obviously dentistry. I've done all sorts of things there with the porcelain veneers and whatnot. Um, teeth, people's teeth. Yeah, yeah. I've been right up in the mouth filming for certain technical sort of procedures that they do. So wow. I've gone as far as that. Um, what else have we done? I'm, I'm working with like a laser clinic next week. 
they've just started up, so I'll be doing all their sort of procedural services. Are you going to be making those noises? Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> I do. Sorry. sorry. I'm, I'm a very animated sort of character, so I yeah. do tend to make a lot of, lot of noises. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I work with all businesses. There's not really any one particular niche that I stick to. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. Yeah. Um, and so in terms of your Corey Uncensored uh, page, yep. like you mentioned, that, that that'll turn more into more about yourself. Yeah. Be, What's your vision for I'm, that? I'm not going to say it's, it's, it's going to be, when I say more about myself, my aim initially was to actually start taking, while I'm working, or just showing people to see so, social media. So I'm going to dance around this here. Social media is an avenue to showcase your personality and your life. Yeah. Mm. Most people show the highlights. That's generally what makes it so, you know, people so influential. I want to be, uh, my aim with my page nowadays as I'm moving forward will be take more photos of me doing my work, mm. doing what I do, <clears throat> but not in the commercial sense. Now, the reason for that is I'm just about to launch a new platform, which is gated content, very similar to sort of a mix between Suicide Girls and OnlyFans. Okay. Um, with a couple of business partners. Yeah. It's been about a year and a half in the works. Wow. It's just about ready to launch. The platform's nearly finished. Um, at the end of was end of November, December last year, I did three weeks back-to-back between Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane and shot with 36 models. That's to have starting content to put into the platform. <laughs> yeah, it was huge effort. So me and my co-founder had to drum up all the, tel- uh, the talent and yeah, once this kicks off, we'll take it to the states. And do I get an invite? Do you get an invite <laughs> to the platform? There's, there's a there's a there's a few people wanting in. <laughs> now, look at, at the start. We, we need to really we need to gauge how we can grow it and how quickly. One of my yeah. one of my business partners has a marketing company, so behind him, we've got the drive. Um, the third business partner actually builds the platforms. Yeah, okay. so he has all the licensing for gated content subscriptions, all that sort of stuff. Me, content. <laughs> and my co-founder has a lot of networks. She's a ex-Maximum Destination girl. Yeah, right. So she tends, tends to know a lot of people in Sydney. God damn. That's yeah. <gasps> Dude, so we're... we're right, so there's a lot of things going on. We're looking to just quietly shut down Playboy. We, we're taking them on. Yeah, okay. Yep. You heard it here first. That's it. Um, this is a podcast exclusive. Yeah, there you go. Look, I'll, I'll plug it. Fantasy Mansion. If you haven't heard of it already, when, Fan- it, come, when it drops. Fantasy Mansion. Okay. Correct. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So keep an eye out for that. That'll, that's that's essentially where that'll end up, how I project it, it'll end up taking over my time. So I'll end up stopping FD. So I won't be doing yeah. the commercial stuff. I'll probably still work with some clients. Yeah. Some of my, my longest standing clients that still need stuff done. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I'll aim to be traveling and shooting and building that platform. Yeah, and and the 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 travel side of things has always been because I get people asking me like, oh, what's your goal with photography? Because you travel a bit, don't you? Yeah, like I, I I the last two years I've toured Australia. Yep, cool. Um, you know all the capital cities and stuff. Going to tour again this year. My my main goal is to ultimately just be a traveling photographer. Yep. So I think that that's everybody's aim when they get into this industry. International, you know, I just want to like base myself somewhere yep. and travel around, meet great people, go to amazing locations, showcase not only like these locations but the people that are there as well yep. in in whatever form, form uh, yeah. you know, subject form, be it, you know, fashion, yep. swimwear or whatever and um 
yeah, and then just kind of like live that lifestyle, you know. That is the goal. It's 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 the biggest jump there is the funding. Financially yeah. being able to fund yourself to do it is yeah. the tough part. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you, but have you within your time in the adult industry as well as just general photography, over the, the past probably five or six years, have you found it a lot more a bit more difficult to financially fund your photography through model work? Uh, no, I think it's <clears throat> I think it goes through waves yep, yep. where um due to and look I hate to I hate to bring up the interest rates but like <laughs> when it, economic status yeah when the interest rates go up like people's Hip you know hit hard like propensity to spend more money yep. goes down yeah right yep. and so when interest rates are low then they have more money and there's yep. more freedom to kind of do stuff so yep. um not that the interest rates are ever like influencing me in my activities or things that i do sure but i just find that um certainly depending on the economic climate will depend on whether or not there's more or less people sure. wanting to pay for pay for work pay for work or pay for extravagant photos or yep. whatnot. Um, but then but then there are certain times where if I do think that we're in a, you know, stronghold economically, yep. bang, like out of nowhere, someone comes out and yep. is like, yeah, I want some great, great photos and this is how much I'll pay for them. Yep. Or, you know, like and it's it's a it's a little bit like as long as you keep doing the work the clients will find you. Yeah. Which is a weird thing. It's a really weird thing because people, like some photographers consistently ask me, how do you pump up, how do you pump out so many shoots, like so many photos? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just like whether or not I've... The trick is to look busy. Acquired ADD or like ADHD and I'm just like, I'm pedantic about, you know, all of that. Um, But... You know, as I as I did my end of year review reel for last year, I did 187 shoots for the yep, year. Yep. The year before that, I did 227. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, what? There was, like, there was definitely a drop last year. Yeah. Big drop. I noticed that myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as long as you're kind of like out there, people will find you yep, and yep. people will, yeah. Pay, pay a premium for your services. I think it's one of those things too. And I have this conversation with a lot of my commercial clients with their business sort of social media because that's a it's a big thing these days, obviously, having a social media presence. Yeah. Com- uh, corp- company or commercially or privately. Um, and I think if you, you've got to maintain a level of presence. Yeah. Um, for people to continually find you because we all have such busy lives these days that it's very quick and very easy to forget Simple exactly. things. Exactly. Um, and if you're not appearing in someone's feed on Instagram or wherever that attention is, you get forgotten. Like I have clients of 10 years who will put up a post. Oh, anyone know any good photographers? It's like, you kidding me? Yeah. We've worked together before, and, but they forget. Yeah, yeah. It's I, ju- I just need to check this camera. <laughs> <clears throat> Make sure she's still going. Sweet, she's still going. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, because I keep looking at it. Oh, nah, this, yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's time I need to crack one of these. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, tell us about this. What is it? Liquid Death. Liquid Death. This company took off. Like, and essentially it's water in a can. <laughs> it's sp- sparkling water in a can. And I think I they've got that. spring water as well. But like not to plug them too much, but I, I just love, 
I come from marketing, so I love the, the can just looks nuts. And their, you know, their their branding statement and position is just it's sensational. They've done so well. Well, so, uh, I did. Uh, I'm going to have to stock fridge. it up. I got the bar fridge here, so and it is. It has got sparkling water yes. and some Red Bull now in there. Franklin, so. move over, mate. Let me know what you think of it. It's not what you think. Ooh. Because most people, they, they get flavoured sparkling and they sort of think, is it sort of like the sugar-free monsters and things like that, which it's completely not. You don't hit with this sweet wave of sugar-like flavour. It's sort of subtle hints of. Yeah, subtle and it's... Um, but I actually enjoy it because like I'm so it. used to drinking sparkling water and you just, a little bit of flavour is not too bad. It doesn't get overwhelming, overpowering for drinking so much. Mm. But, yeah. I'm a fan. I'm oh. a fan. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that along. No, you're more than welcome. Um, At least I could do. And so, 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 if you were like a graphic designer, like, so, how did you like talk me through the process of kind of like getting into photography and like, you know, then obviously like doing the stuff that you're doing now, but like, yeah. Again, I was doing a lot of graphic design work, so when you develop a, a brochure for somebody, mm. inevitably you need imagery. Now, stock images are great and have gotten so much better in the past you know, 10 years, but there's only so much you can do to personalise that product with stock imagery. Mm. You end up having to you know, Photoshop on logos, onto shirts or onto to merch and things like that, and it's just it's useless. Yeah, You can really amplify the impact of someone's brochure or marketing material by having personalised photography stuff that actually matches the brand. Yeah. So that's where I started. And as I said, I needed – I was paying more for photography that I wasn't happy with that didn't match my graphic work, my, my flavour. Yeah. So I thought, bugger it. I'm just going to buy a camera. I'm going to buy some lighting and I'm just going to make it happen. I'm, surely it can't be that hard to learn. Okay, contentious question time. Uh, what do you shoot with? I'm on Canon. I'm a Canon man. <laughs> Much to most people's displeasure these days because a lot of youngsters come out with their Sonys and look, I get it. I get it. Yeah, look, you know, like, again, like, and I mentioned this before we started, but um, I've had both. Uh, have I had a Fuji as well? I can't remember. See, I, I was going to buy a Fuji. Yeah, I'm actually... X100V. I'm actually looking at a Fuji um, medium... Yep frame yep yep format camera right because i was having a look at i was like why do they call it medium and i'm like oh yeah the megapixels are so much bigger the the quality on those is just phenomenal but yeah it really it's it's interesting because i take buying a medium format and moving to medium format for me would be almost like moving to film yeah because we get a bit lazy, some of us photographers, and we can put on that high frame rate and just smash off two and a half, three thousand photos in a shoot. Whereas if you're using film, you ain't got that many to work with. Yeah, that's true. And you really need to, <coughs> one, know how to use a film camera. Yeah. How to use the film that you're using on that day. And you've got a select amount of photos that you can actually capture. So you don't have that luxury of just bang, 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 yeah, bang, bang, yeah, move yeah, around. Yeah, that's exactly right. It will slow you down and make you a better photographer. Mm-mm-mm. So I'm um, told. Yes, yeah, so what, what what I basically tell people is all cameras are exactly the same. They all do the exact same thing. 
but it's just about working out what your preferences are. What works for you? Yeah, and for me, what works for me is having a very easy, simple yep. menu system, which yep. is what Canon has. Correct. You know, and um, and then with the with the R series, um, <laughs> you can customize all the buttons, and I know Sony can do that as well. But it's just like, okay, that's great. Like, I think know. I just I preferred the color system mm. with Canon. I didn't like Sony's color <clears> system. And I, you can you could pick Sony work over, like it's, unless they're phenomenal graders, yeah. especially with video work. Yeah. If they can grade, it's hard to pick the difference. But if they don't, you can tell a Sony footage versus a Canon. Yeah. <clears throat> and and that's what the industry kind of says is that Sony's really good from a photography color palette point of view. Uh, sorry, Canon, Canon, Canon for a f- yep. photography color. Yeah. And Sony for, for video. a video color, yep. you know. Yep. And um, I can't really tell the difference, so I'm just going to stick with yeah. Yeah. Canon because I can't afford to buy new Sony glass. Well, the, the, the most the most amazing part of the Sonys, and I'll give them the credit, is the low light, the yeah. sensitivity to low light. It's one thing I struggle with sometimes with the Canon. If I'm shooting in indoors and I'm filming or, or photographs, if you're shooting in a space that's dark and got minimal lights, like it's like disco lights or something like that, is your your main source. You're really going to struggle. You're going to get that noise in that floor, and it's just there's nothing you can do about it. Have you done any uh, disco event shoots? No, recently only only in December I had to do a, a client shoot for a fitness client, and it was inside a gym that was very dimly lit. Right. They had the coloured neons on the roof. Um, they had a couple of light panels around the the mirrors, but it was just dim. And I said to the client, just so that you know, you're going to have noise in these photos. Yeah. Depending, it doesn't matter what lens I use. I can get down to a, a 1.8, but I'm going to miss certain things trying to get that shot. Did they scratch their head so noise? What are you talking about, mate? No, look, they, they were okay with it. I sent them the finals and there was a little bit of noise. I minimized as much as possible, but mm. it's the nature of the beast. If you have less light, you <laughs> inevitably, to lift those colors up and brights, it's going to bring that noise floor to a... Really, sort of, yeah. yeah, questionable limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, what type of travel have you done? Like, where's your favorite yeah. place to shoot? I haven't traveled enough. Okay. <clears throat> um, I primarily work out of Melbourne, but like, I've toured Sydney, I've done surfers, I've done Brisbane. Um, I would love to do South Australia, but I haven't got, I haven't really had the, the necessary needs to go there. Of recent times, I'd love to do Perth. I got a few people in Perth. Just again, the cost to get over there is that little bit more. Just watch out for Perth. Yeah. I lived in Perth for nine years. There we go. Oh, well, you'd know better than I would. Though I've never been. I, I, I've I've been in Melbourne for twenty two years now. Yeah, yeah. Says enough, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a nice place to holiday. It's a gr- <laughs> it's a great place to holiday. Yeah. But I say the same about Queensland, man. I can't be there for longer than a week, and I'm sick of it. Yeah, it's a great place to holiday. I think I think we're spoiled here. Yeah. Um, and particularly um, over the last kind of 12 months, my whole theory around why we're spoiled here has a lot to do with actually the weather. Yeah, yep. And because the weather's so dog shit. Yep. Like that's why there are so many events to go to. Yeah. That's why there's so many food options that's why we have great coffee yeah you know like because if if we 
it's part if, of the culture. But if people didn't do that, we'd all just be miserable as anything, sitting yep. at home, not doing anything. And so people want to get stuff done. Yep, people want to go somewhere. People want to do something. You can go anywhere, any night of the week here in Melbourne and have a great time and meet on. great people. Yep, yeah. correct. Yeah, I, I, look, me personally, I just I struggle with humidity. Mm. I'm a big guy. I hear Queensland, I hear Chaffage. <laughs> it's just uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, well, so I grew up in Southeast Asia. Oh, fine. Uh, fine. And, uh, you know, I was born in Singapore, yep. lived in Brunei, Indonesia, Singapore. Singapore's tough too. I've been there. Yeah, lived in lived in Singapore. I lived in Singapore in um, old Singapore days. Right. Not new Singapore days. Yep. So old Singapore days, I think the highest skyscraper was like... 22 floors. Yep, yep. Right? Yep. And um, there was a police station on every single corner. You could like walk out in the middle of the, you know. Yeah, it was quite strict. It, it was, yeah, it was just super safe, right? Yep. But, um, and then moved to Perth and, you know, the, the, the heat's pretty dry there. And, and then when it came to Melbourne, look, the reason I came to Melbourne was um, a mate of mine was living here and he was like, yep, you need to get your ass over here. And I <laughs> met him in Perth. And uh, I always wanted to live somewhere that that had four seasons. There so, you go. and welcome to Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, four seasons in one day. Little did I know that uh, hay fever was going to affect me as much as it did. Yeah, bad. Hey, it's so bad. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think everybody sort of struggles a little bit with hay fever here. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, like the, we're just spoilt for choice. Yeah, I think I think a lot of. A lot of where I want to be moving around to this year specifically because of the obviously the new platform launch, that's going to give me the ability to start traveling a lot further than just Australia. Yeah. Um, especially if we want to grow it over in the US, which is, let's face it, the population is so much more dense over there. <laughs> There's numbers. I mean, mate, New York... New York has a population of the whole of Australia. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, and look, I'm, I'm not... Um, I'm all for taking the US dollar. I'll I'll take their money. Yeah, yeah. You you, you may need to look at China. Oh, if, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, I I would love to go to Japan. To be fair, oh, I, yeah. I'd love the snow. Yeah, I would love to go there for the snow season. Then coming into their um, their spring, all the blossoms sort of stuff. There, you just see some beautiful colors. Do you snowboard so, or I ski? Do. I do snowboard. Or the last, to be fair, the last time I snowboarded, I was a little bit lighter. So. It's been a while. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I keep do they, to get do back. they make a snowboard big enough for yeah, you? Well, I, well, I have, as I said, I haven't always been this heavy. The, the sacrifice of bodybuilding is when you get to a, a weight of mine, anything beyond 110, things become a little bit more difficult. <laughs> like yeah. you ruin your mattresses, your bed. You just your weight kills it. But the size is impressive. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of food, guys. You've got to eat a lot at my weight. <laughs> Like a lot of people don't realize, I'm on six and a half thousand calories a day. Wow! I eat a lot of food. I'm expensive. <laughs> it's it's not a it's not a um, a cheap lifestyle. Uh, but it's a fun lifestyle. Oh, look, it can be. Yeah, you enjoy it. It's it's just it's very hard to not continue the lifestyle once you finish up in the competition circuit. But you're just so used to eating food, like good food, on a on a regular basis. Are you, how often are you training? Like every day? Five days a week maximum. 
Okay. Maximum. Is cardio in there at all or not really? Look, regrettably, I have to walk. I have to do at least 20 minutes a day. So if I'm training, I normally train at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I'm up. At, I'm an early riser. I start at 4, Yeah. get down to the gym, do yeah. a 10-minute warm-up on the treadmill, stretch, train, 10 minutes on the treadmill when I'm finished and then that's my that's my workout done for the day. Yeah, right. I can eat and work and just relax. So that when I finish finish work at five or six or whatever, you're done. It it is a good feeling knowing that you've done your workout at the start of the day. Correct. Like you've done the hardest thing. Yep. Yep. You know, like anything else just isn't. That's it. You know, isn't going to isn't going to be as hard as your workout that you just push through. That's it. And like, look at today. It's what, 32 degrees outside. It is horrid. Mm. Right, you could you imagine finishing work at four or five o'clock and having a train in that heat? I can think of nothing worse. Oh, yeah, I've sta- I've started. Uh, I've gone back to going to Bikram Yoga. Yep, and doing hot Pilates. Oh, so it is hot. Yep, yep, yep. Oh man, yeah, like, that'll, that'll like, test you. Yeah, and uh, like I was doing it pre-COVID. Yep, and um, anyway, so so my first class back, I think, was. Probably about two months ago. Sure. And um, <clears throat> I started to get a little bit freaked out because uh, like you – like I, I would start sweating like yep. seven minutes in. Yep. And then every single class at about the one hour and 15-minute mark, I stopped sweating. Right. There's no more sweat coming out of me. Need to drink. I'm, I'm drinking. <laughs> Hydrate. I'm, I'm drinking. You probably find that your body normalizes in that temperature. Yeah, but like I'd be like – I'd have to like stop with the poses, lie down and kind of be like, I've been here before. I've been here before. Don't worry about this. Like, yeah. you know, like literally everything – and I don't have any more sweat on my hands. Done. Usually – and like I've sweated all the sweat off my face, like through my <laughs> eyes and all done. of that. And it's like, bro, what is going on? Yeah, I, look, you, you probably – Fair to say, you won't catch me doing Bikram. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not much of a. I'm not very flexible. <laughs> I'm just not. How much are you benching? I actually don't bench a lot. Okay, I'm sort of genetically. I'm. I'm sort of my chest. I haven't really had to train that hard, so I'm, I'm very broad chested. So you, I'm kind of lucky in that regard. You've you've won the um the chest DNA lottery. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Some some people get legs. Some people have abs all year round. I've got a chest. <laughs> nice. So, Nice. I'll take it. So, other than other than uh, launching this platform, um, what else is uh, 2024 got in store for Corey? Oh, this year I'm actually gonna. I'm, I'm outside of doing the platform, which I do hope just consumes my year. To be honest, because it's I see that as my ticket. It's been a long time coming that I've been looking for not an outlet but just somewhere to really pour a hundred percent of my creative juices into Mm. um outside of that all the private work that i'm doing i've got concepts that i want to follow through this year Mm. um maybe two weeks ago i posted i think it was two weeks ago i posted a a vision board i don't normally do that because i'm in the past i've been a bit gatekeeper which is just a horrid tendency to have oh you're one of them I, i try not to be like it is hard it is hard. There's nothing worse than you put out an idea and then next minute two people have just like, like in your circuit have already done it. You're just like, oh, man. Even yeah. though I'll be doing it in my, my flavour, it's like it's done. Yeah. So move on. Yeah. And again, I don't, like, I, don't like, I don't like to say that I copy anyone's work. I'll be influenced mm. and try and make my own version of. Like I've got a shoot that we're doing tomorrow afternoon, which is I call it – have you heard of Sheet Ghosties? 
Uh, where you're a blanket, it looks like a ghost. Yeah, like yeah, a sheet. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do my version of that. And <clears throat> when you see that the work come from that, I've got two girls that I'm doing that with. One will be a staple. She'll be a frequent one who's going to follow this concept through with me monthly. Yeah. But I've got two um, for this one. And it's just going to be fun. Like I want it to be fun and different. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> like it, it could be as simple as like having them sitting in a restaurant or like in a fast food chain and just doing – being – Antics. Oh, that's so cool. I can't you know wait I mean? to see so that. When you see when you see what we produce of that and like just quietly, that's why I bought this. One thing if I could give anyone uh, some humble advice <laughs> <laughs> for people who are starting out or getting into photography, try everything. Give every medium a go. Because I'm I really wish I had have learnt film. Mm. And it daunt it's daunting. Because I'm like, I've got like 30, what, 30 shots or however many shots is on certain film rolls. It's daunting to think if I take that shot, I can't see what it looks like. Yeah. Like that's a horrible thought for me, but it's something I want to learn. But yeah, try everything. And I went out and bought the um, the Canon G7X, right? Mark II. It's a popular camera at the moment. It's been like my mate at Canon who's, they, they look after me there at the Canon Experience Store in the city. Yeah. Um, my mate Rob said, these have been selling like hotcakes. He gets inquiries like four or five a week randomly because it's not a new camera. It's yeah. quite an old camera. Um, but I've chosen it specifically because it produces a filmy-like digital shot. Yeah. So it's got that nice sort of blooming in the highlights. Now, the flash on it's pretty cool as well and that's what I'm using it for. Compact, I can get around. We can get some nifty shots. It kind of like pops out, right? Yeah. So if you... Um, bit of camera talk here yeah it's great <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's very much like there. the um rx 100 correct yeah so it's really handy like i was gonna get as we spoke before i was gonna uh essentially get a x100 does the screen flippy flippy out to s oh yeah yo oh, that's great so it's see the rx 100 only kind of came out at an angle you know like to yeah, the actual the body yeah, that's great. So that's why I got that. And I'm going to literally, the whole shoot will pretty much be done tomorrow night on that. Yeah. Because I want to test its limits. Yeah. I want to see what I can do with it. What can I push it to do? Um, where's its boundaries so that I know how to use that piece of tech? Because I'm not one of those tech spec guys with cameras. I couldn't tell you how a camera works. I just turn it on and I know how to use it just from playing with it. That's, so that's you, the kind so, of person I am. So you learn through experiencing yeah. trial and I'm not error. A, don't read the manual. Yeah. I might watch a YouTube or two. Yeah. I'll pick it up and go, cool, let's just work with it. I think there's there's so much more information available like you – like online. You don't need to read an instruction manual. Like no. you, there's someone's already done a video on look, what it does yeah. or how to use it. You could look up and say, what's the best settings for my model camera? And there's like 50 YouTube videos on yeah. everyone's different version of what they feel is best. Yeah, yeah, that's um, exactly right. Yeah, you really don't. I think it is key though – if you can collaborate with people when you're learning certain techniques or you're learning certain piece of equipment or even just you're collaborating on a job and you both have different cameras and you swap for a bit and have a bit of a play around with it, see what the capabilities of the cameras are, Yeah, I think it's key because it helps you figure out what's what's your flavour, what's going to help you achieve what you're after. And, and, and it, it, it allows you to also work out what suits your style. Correct. You know, like what you're – what your preferences are, what do you enjoy working with, you That's know? It. I mean, I've got like four drones and I use one. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had two and I crashed one. 
My Mavic 3. <sighs> Disappointing. Ouch. Yeah, it's four grand down the drain. Ouch. Yeah. Um, you didn't you didn't want to look at the uh, DJI Osmo Pocket 3? Now, I have, got? I have been looking at one of those, and I think we're going to get one for the Fantasy Mansion projects for... While I'm shooting, I'll have my co-founder, Emma. She's just wonderful. She makes sure that I'm fed. I'm watered on sets. She looks after the models, helps yeah. them with their outfit selections, just everything organisational-wise. Um, and she's just a great hype chick on the day. Yeah. I get her to run around and film the models and film me while we're working. Yeah. So yeah, having yeah. one of those, that I've, I got to play with one at Slothy Studio a few weeks back. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Of the, the Osmo, Osmo Pocket 3. I was impressed. Yeah. I only had a quick play with it, but from what, what I've seen, what a wonderful little piece of tech. The gimbal works really well. I'm pretty happy to stabilize footage. And that's what I'm most interested in is the gimbal capability yeah. and just having that functionality because, you know, I drink way too much coffee and so I'm kind of... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, no, look, but but you know, like you lose eighty percent of your will to live if you don't drink coffee. Well, this is true. Mm. This is very true. <laughs> um, no, look, or I, or carbonated water. Well, yeah. uh, you know, liquid death. Get it in you. Get into it. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I think the only the only thing I will say is with that sort of piece of tech, when you come from using a fancy camera and you've got like your capabilities of getting down to a two point eight or a you know, a 1.8 on mm. your lenses and you can get that nice bokeh and that cinematic feel, you will lose that depth in yeah. something <clears> like an Osmo because it's very flat. It's Correct. Like, it's almost just using a drone camera, really. Did you just say that you don't talk like uh, camera tech and like what are you doing right now? Nah, I, think, I think you underestimate your capabilities, son. It's, it's just things that you pick up as you go along, you know what I mean? I mean, I've doing it, been doing this for nearly 12 years now. But yeah, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm not a tech spec person, but when, you, I, when I use something, you can very quickly tell what its capabilities are as Correct. compared to what you've been currently using. But also having 12 years of experience, you've also trained your eye. Correct. To see things. Yep. And it's a little bit like painting, right? Like once you understand people's technique or the fundamentals, yep. you can see how artists have created that piece of work. How it's, how right? it's coming out, correct. And it's the same with digital photography. Like yep. you can see how people have composed the shot. You can kind of see traces of their mm -hmm. editing technique, yep. traces of like the type of camera that they use. And that was one of the first things that I saw when all of these um, review videos were coming out about the Osmo Pocket 3 right. was that the images just look flat. It's flat, yeah. It's, like I said, it's flat, but that's because it's a it's a smaller sensor camera. Well, that's right. It's 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 for convenience, clarity yeah. and convenience. It's not for cinematic flair. As much as they'll, you can certainly produce some great shots out of it. Yeah. But I think it's it's got its place when you've got specific shots you require. Yeah. That just aren't practical, or you may not have a camera on hand at the time, and you need to sort of use that as that backup. Yeah. If you take it like you've got a drone camera in your hand, that's what you'd be using it for. It's a very flat image, but still has its place. Correct, correct. And interestingly, one of the videos I came across was um, uh, the fact that, you know, you, you flip the screen and you yep. go vertical, vertical versus horizontal. horizontal, which is fantastic, right? Yep. And again, it's about the convenience. Correct. But then I saw another video, uh, which wasn't to anything to do with the Osmo Pocket 3, and it was about um, editing in... Uh, Premiere Pro. Sure. And, um, you know, it was basically saying like, oh, people will, 
you know, want want videos uh, recorded vertical specifically, da da da. But then yeah. they don't realize that that's a that's actually a wrong thing to do. You should you need to be shooting horizontal because you've got the auto, auto frame yeah. capability in Premiere Pro, and the auto frame will kind of like move, so it kind of looks like you have got someone there. If that's if that's a style that you're going for, correct. But you know, it's not it's not for everybody, and no. you know stuff like that. No, I'm not a fan of using the auto. I mean, I've never I've I've tried it once, and I just I'm I'm a horrible person when it comes to doing everything manually. Yeah, I like to be able to tinker with the process from A to Z. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. There's a lot of manual control, which is it's to my detriment. Sometimes it takes jobs a little bit long because you've got to go back and manually fix some of those things. But yeah. You know, um, each their own. Everyone has a different style of how they edit and how they shoot um, workflows. And I think that's what makes everyone so interesting, especially you, when you work with other creatives. Do you use any AI at all in your workflow? No, not <sighs> Photoshop. Maybe some yeah. like it's 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 a blessing that generative AI that they've got in it now. Um, as much as it hates it when you've got, if for example, if you're using a photo where you've got nudity. Yeah. It, it cracks the shits. Yeah. It won't let you do that. So you've got to crop the model out, then apply it without that part of the model in the shot. Yeah. Then replace the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> to get around it, which I've yeah. worked out. But look, it, it comes That's in handy. That's interesting. I didn't know that you could do that. Right. So oh. I love I love to go against the grain. Another man. exclusive. Yeah. So if you've if you've here's a little tip for you guys, right? If you've got a portrait shot and you need to, for example, you're cropping for Instagram, God bless Instagram. You need to crop down to that four by five and your shot isn't framed well enough that you've got enough information outside the model. Your background's cut off. Lasso the model out completely because if there's nudity, nipple, or even close to nudity, it will not work. It'll say that it's conflicting with their, their guidelines. So cut the model out, lasso it, put it on a separate layer, then hide that model. Then on the base layer, you can actually highlight the areas you want to generally fill and it'll fill it. Then just put that model back on the picture. God damn, that is gold. Handy for anyone that needs to know it. What a fucking hack. Yeah, and that way you can fill in your background and it's not going to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, I use AI for assisting in proofing photos. Right. Uh, so there's an AI program called Aftershoot um, right. and it can look through. So it look through, looks through... Blurred images, okay. eyes closed, and duplicates, and and Love there's that. and there's a slider to to you know how strong you want it to yep. kind of work yep. through. Yep. It looks through a thousand photos in like four and a half minutes. Wow! And it exp <laughs> and it exports. It doesn't delete. It yep. exports metadata that goes into Lightroom yep. for the color color rating and the start rating. There you go. So the way that I've set it up is that. You know, like I'll take a thousand photos in a shoot, yeah. and I'll only have to look through fifty. Wow, that's going to change. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to suss that after this. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> doing all the models for the, the the platform, you do four sets per model, and you've got thirty six models plus video. Yeah, hours. Yeah, that's of that's proofing. hours. Hours. Hundred percent, dude. Yeah, that was my holidays. Yeah. <laughs> I'll um I'll 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 send you the link. I'll have to, to I'll have to get to that up. That sounds like a game changer. You, you can I think you can actually that they've um updated their software so that you can edit with like presets as well. Okay. So um 
But like I use presets in Lightroom anyway, so it yep. doesn't make any difference. Yeah. So I just use it for that um, photo proofing capability. Yeah. And then for the podcast, um, I use um, Autopod. Yeah, I've heard with podcasts and with video, it chops up the main feature. It picks out the best bits and sort of chops yeah, up. Yeah, but it also does. Um, so it does jump cuts. Uh, it'll do my social media kind of <laughs> clips. Lovely. And um, I use it for the. Um, the main editing for switching because I got a two camera setup. Yep. Switching between whoever's talking. Yep. So it picks up. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Well, it speeds things up a bit, doesn't it? Oh, mate! Like to see it go through. It just churns through it. The first time I used it, I was like, "Holy shit!" This changes everything. I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> why?" I'm like, "Why isn't this working?" And I'm like, "Oh my god! I didn't set it up properly." That needs to be hooked up to that for it to record. Oh, the mixer. Yep. Yeah. Two. Yep. Two separate files for the audio. Yes. So you don't want them going in the same channel. Correct. Yep. So once I got that worked Sorted. out, yep. boom, it goes through an hour podcast in like 32 seconds. That's crazy. And it goes. That's crazy. Because I remember having a chop up podcast. We did during COVID, one of uh, our coaches had their own podcast that they ran and that was a weekly thing. Yeah. And I had to go through and obviously sync up all the audio and then chop up all the feature points out of it and make a full length. And that was just it's it's time. It's um it's it's interesting like when you get successful and when you get good at what you do, people seem to forget how much work still needs to get done in the background. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I think you know. it's, it's it's no different from even success or not. I think everyone's processes of how they, from start to finish, mm. is different. And mm. like mine, I think some people would cringe because they'd forget steps. Because I've, I've got a pre... I actually built my own preset action in Photoshop for when I need to... If I'm editing skin and all that sort of stuff, I've got a pretty detailed process that it's now action. So I can hit that once and it's all set up for me in layers. So I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Which has been a lifesaver because hundred percent it changes, it can change the level of quality of your work and it makes it so much quicker. Yeah. And especially when you're doing so many edits, it's just a game changer. When I first started 13 years ago, I was editing one photo. It would take me about 45 minutes. Yep. Yep. I'm using Photoshop Actions now. Yep. I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. Like, like yeah, I've finessed and fine-tuned my style, but that 45 minutes per photo is now down to three minutes. Yeah, look, it can be it can be a game changer. Look, not every photo requires editing either. Yeah. Which is and, sort of nice. And and some photos require more. More. So then, you know, you yep. need to, like, work out, like, how you're going to do that and all that type of stuff. But um, generally, like last year... I got annoyed because it was at seven minutes. So I upgraded my PC, yeah. my Mac, and got it down to three minutes. I'm like, oh, that's so much better. See, I, I'm at war with my computer at the moment. So, and this, I don't know how you how you go about your setups here, but the one I'm currently running is worth 11 grand. Oh, you got the studio. No, no, I've, I've got it's all, all, in the, all in the monitor, but I spec'd it up as high as they'll let me take it. Right, okay. Right. Here's another little good thing for, for if you've started your own business and you don't want to buy a computer outright, you got good credit history. I'm not sure if that just changed something on that one. Oh, yeah, no, it's good. It's all good. Just make sure. Yeah, I don't know. If you've got good credit history, you can go through Apple and business finance lease against your business. So it's a tax write-off. Mm. And then you just pay it off quarterly. So the 
most people who buy a computer set, they pay for it. And then after three or four years, when they want to upgrade, they've got to either sell off their computer or they're just stuck with a dumb computer. Yeah. I just return mine every two years, swap everything over into a brand new machine. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. So much cheaper <laughs> and tax write-off. And you're going to have... Brand new equipment. Brand new equipment, updated. Yep tech like Correct. and yeah. you get the choice of sort of where you want to go whether you want to go higher or lower depending on what you need so this year i really want to upgrade to the actual tower mac <laughs> yeah and put all the finance into that and then just get one nice big curved screen yeah keep it simple so you currently don't have a curved screen no I why, run, why do you want a curved screen i run three monitors plus a wacom tablet <sighs> i've got a wacom tablet i got i got two monitors yeah. but like Three. The problem is when you have more than one, obviously the power needs to be shared yeah. and the processing power. Yeah. I have three, so it slows it down just that little bit more. Have you noticed the latest Lightroom's quite buggy? Yeah. It's horrible. What did you do, Fo? What did you do, Adobe? Why? Why? I'm actually. I'm in a. I, this might be a. This might be a. Um, either a good or a bad thing. Some people agree, some won't. I'm actually in the process of swapping a lot of my workflow. I'm tempted to go capture one for photo and DaVinci for video. DaVinci Resolve double, for yeah, video. For grading the, and the processing power. What do you mean? Exactly. Scary because I don't know either of the programs, but I'm, I'm sort of done with Adobe. Adobe's Light, Lightroom, like... When you have monitors, more than one, and it bugs out, it ends up swapping main monitor uh, and it becomes a process to have to try and get it back. Yeah. Sounds silly, but it's inconvenient when you're, you know, you've got a four hour slot of working on a project and you're spending so much micro time playing around with the apps rather than actually editing. Mm. It's frustrating as shit. I think Cap Capture One's really big in Europe, right? It's all about color space. Mm. Um, a mate of mine, Aaron, he works down at, um, Fabric, the mm -hmm. studio Fabric. Mm -hmm. um, he runs Capture One, and he, I watched him using it one night when I was I was videoing for a shoot that they were doing, um, and I was watching him use Capture One, and he goes, "The color space is just, it's game changer, mm. and colors is everything when you see the final product of a shot." Mm. <clears throat> I don't know if you when you edit your shirt photos um, in Lightroom, do you change the color settings from Adobe Color? Uh, to what your camera is actually taking? Uh, I've got it set to Canon Faithful. Yeah, so normally when you, when you import your images into Lightroom, the first thing will come up when you see them all is it'll be under Adobe Color. Yeah. You click on it and go down to your camera settings and change it back to whatever you've shot from the camera and the yeah. colors are completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to have a look at that. Keep an eye on that. With Capture One, it's straight as what the camera shot is what you see. Mm. And then you can go grade from there. Okay. And then okay. your DaVinci Resolve, is it's it's developed for cinematics. The amount of depth in color grading you can do is phenomenal. I have seen some behind the scenes of like um, uh, film editing, you know, Hollywood films where they have used DaVinci Resolve. Yeah, even the, the new way that they've they've got the mapping system in that where you can actually add artificial lighting, which looks real. It's mm. scary, but I'm so keen to learn it. I mean, again, this whole AI space in video, 
is like it's crazy. It's, huge, it's huge. crazy. But it's funny because I'm against some things in AI, but I'm for other things. I yeah. Think I'm for the tools that help creators create really special sort of personalized work. I'm not a fan of the stuff that completely removes removes the human element. So are you for or against Skynet? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious you'd be against it. <laughs> like we disappear then. I mean, 2024 is the year that Skynet is meant to be released. Yeah, well. But you know, uh, and then I saw, um, I saw, I reposted a story today about some <laughs> zombie bacteria that they found in Siberia. It's like, what the fuck? They'll push anything that media, won't they? I don't watch TV and I don't really watch too much media these days either. Yeah. I think it's best. It's, it's healthy. <laughs> it's it, it, clear of it all. It is healthy, but then every now and then you like see something on social media on your feed and you're like, ah, what oh, am I watching? I know. No, look, I, I get that. I get that with just social media in general. I think the way that <sighs> I'm not a fan of where everything's moving. I'm really not. Right. I'm an 80s kid, yeah. Like Transformers, like the, I'm tattooed with Transformers. I love that. The 80s coming into the 90s was for me. Where things are going with social media these days, I'm not the biggest fan of. I don't like the trends, the automated trends, the NPCs, all the just – I have a – I might be I might be disliked for this, but that's just my personal opinion. I think, that's right. This, uh, this podcast is uncensored. Yeah, that's it. I, I, think, <clears throat> I think a lot of the – new creatives that are coming out, which are yourself shot on iPhone on a, a tripod doing their OnlyFans or just doing their content in general. I think they've lost the point of being creative. Mm. Which, I don't know the best way to describe that. There's just no there's nothing interesting coming out. They're just following a trend as opposed to creating something new. Yeah. It's it's the or new unique, it's, the, it's, or it's a themselves. digital way to be a sheep. Mm. I'm not for it. And I think the reason is because in a way it sort of takes away the speciality of what we do. Mm. When you work with someone for the first time or even if you work with them several times, they come to you because they've seen something fantastic that you produce, a product, which is essentially our work. Yeah. Um, and I like to think that when they, you know, they come to work with you, they're wanting your flavor. They're wanting something that they're not getting somewhere else. Yeah, 100%. But then you've got this era now where everyone's a self-made business owner because they have their OnlyFans or whatever their platform is, which is fantastic. If they're, if they're winning, they're winning. I'm for it. Mm. But I think it also it devalues what we do and what we can produce and what we can provide mm. as a service. And I think the to be artistic and have you know, the abilities that we do and what how we go about what we do is something really special and really individual. Mm. And... When someone comes, you go, oh, I could just do that on my phone. You're just like, wow, man. Yeah, you could. That's a slap You should in do the grind. that. You should do that. Yeah. And let me know how good it comes out for you. That's it. But you know, <clears throat> it's. But then there is that, that whole thing about um, having a polished piece of work versus having something that's raw and kind of really one for a better word, gritty mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that, you know, like with the OnlyFans movement, you know, if it's too polished, like people don't, may not like it. Yeah. They want it more personalized, yeah. which is that handy cam, you know, kind of yeah. 
type. Yeah, it's element. It's, it's funny how <clears throat> it sort of goes in that direction, isn't it? And see, this is it's it's a it's a fine line that I'm going to be treading with the new platform because, as as said, I am the one of the the co-founders and main directors, and yeah. I'm also the content creator for it. Yeah. So the quality of the content that I want to produce is of my what I would consider my level of quality. Yes. It's my expectation. Yeah. Whereas you look at OnlyFans platforms, it's also a lot of it's self shot. Yeah. So there will be an element of that on our platform inevitably because I can't be everywhere in the world at once mm. to shoot. And we inevitably we will have other creatives on board to handle the mass amount of content we'll end up needing to be producing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll have a, an element where our creators that come on board with us or collaborators, we'll call them, will be uploading their own content. Mm. But I think there's a knowing that the quality that we shoot and produce for those collaborators on our platform, there'll be a level of expectation that people coming to our platform because they know there's quality content. Yeah, 100%. So we, we'll expect that sort of level to be raised. And and the thing is, is that if you're going to shoot content on your iPhone, you can't take it to the quality of a Canon R5 or a Canon R6. But if you shoot content on a Canon R5, Canon R6, you can take it down to a quality. You backwards. Of course yeah. You can. yeah, you can flatten it out. Yeah, and I think that's what some people like – forget to realize you know like they 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 they, like you'll do a shoot with them and they'll look at something and it'll be like they'll look at it on the back of the camera and then be like oh that's not really my style or like that's not what i was looking for and then they bring out their phone like oh they're looking at this and it's like you know that that was captured on on an iphone or you know with a filter yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. so it's kind of like, uh... yeah, it, it's it gets it's it's a funny world, and especially with the new cameras that come out. Like the, the iPhone was at fourteen or fifteen. It's come out now that has you can color grade stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just it's crazy, but yeah. it still doesn't have that same look. Correct. I suppose I suppose it just it's it's individual flavor and taste. I suppose. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think um, you know that the the whole piece around just being a camera guy versus you're coming to me for my creative flair. Yeah. Like I've had a I've had a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and you can see the signs. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, if you were just honest with me about wanting me to be the camera guy, then yep. like I could be the camera guy. Yeah. Right. Yep. And yeah. But um yeah, that's that's super interesting, man. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 I don't know. It's uh, I'm I'm excited to see where everything goes in future because this is not going to stop, and inevitably technology advances, and so does how people perceive themselves and how they you know their, their what flavor and what trends are going out. Sort of tends to curve how people portray themselves. Yeah, and I'm always so. I'm always um, in for producing or looking at quality work. Yeah. So. If if you, this platform that you've got launching is all about quality work, then yeah, like the, the, it, it's just gonna be. It'll it'll kind of create this brand, you know. And it, it's a little bit like um, like Playboy, right? Yeah. Like, see, what Playboy did wrong was they made it open to everybody. Correct. They have made it open to everybody. Lost its niche. They yeah, but it's kind of like. They still have this brand, but then like all these other platforms started coming out and then the quality kind of it just reduced. dissipated. Like I remember when Playboy first announced they were going online and have their own thing. Mm. The hype 
people are like, oh, man, I make it amazing. I, I want to be a part of that because of the name. Mm. It wasn't necessarily because of the platforms, the name. They wouldn't be associated. So when I shot for Penthouse, yeah, so I, do, I got a magazine feature with Penthouse. They mm. reached out to me and we, I did that with Cat Denaps. Yeah. Um, and that was awesome at the time because it was print media. Like you get you get a magazine for Penthouse and my work's in there. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was cool. That's what was cool about that. Then Penthouse went under in Australia. They disappeared. Um, and so Playboy has that same context where it's it's a magazine print, but now it's online, so it's lost yeah. that, Yeah, which is cool. It's like the old coffee table magazine, you know what I mean? It's lost that element to it and then it just sort of fizzled. People are still, I don't see too many people posting about wanting to be on Playboy. Mm. Might be in their bios, but it's not pushed. Mm. <clears throat> I, it's, a, it's a cool theme. Yeah. But that's the, that's about all it is. And that's it. And look, we, we're, there's, there's, there's nowhere to dance around it. We want to produce something. Uh, our product is so that we can find it, give other people that financial gain. We want yeah. them to financially benefit from being a, a collaborator with our product. Yeah. It's that simple. But we also we want to create a safe space and an enjoyable experience 100%. working with us as creators. And everyone that we worked with loved, loved the session. Mm. There were two-hour shoots. <clears throat> they got to shoot in beautiful locations because that's part of the brand. We want mm. to be in well, it's Fantasy Mansion. You want to be in nice locations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got a, a great experience, a great location. They all end up getting amazing quality photos and a little bit of video out of that as well because we, I think we did video, a small, like, teaser trailer for each outfit that they shot in. Yep, yep, so there's yep. plenty of content there. Um, and then the reward will be once we launch, we get the subscriber base there that then rewards them financially because of the revenue share that we offer. Yeah. So it's 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 a really good sort of 360 Fuck, it's so exciting, man. Yeah, I'm so, dude. I'm, I can't wait to see it. It's it's going to be a it's yeah, it's going to be something. Um I was going to ask you a question before where you were like talking. I just Sorry, totally man. fucking forgot the question. <laughs> Um, you get me on a tangent, we're all in trouble. Tangents are good. I'll speak I like, for hours. I like tangents. <laughs> um, yeah, like this whole the 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 way that social media is kind of like changed and evolved over the years. I think it's interesting. Um, you know, content creators like. Everybody thinks that they're a photographer just because they've got a phone now. And yes, there is that whole thing there around. There is that element, yeah. There is that whole thing. Oh, I've just remembered what I was going to say. Okay. But there is that whole <laughs> thing around the best camera that you have is, yeah. is the camera that you've got on you yeah. to take that shot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you're walking around with a point and shoot or you're walking around with an Osmo Pocket 3 or an iPhone, like that's the camera that you should be using to take to take the shot. You that's know? it. That's it. Um, I, I guess it, it also comes down to um, how much weight you're willing to carry around with. Oh, the backpack can get heavy. The backpack can yeah. get heavy. Like if I'm doing a commercial job, I bring out a trolley. Because yeah. I've got the van, so I can I can unload all the lighting, all the bags, all the equipment, put on the trolley and wheel. It's yeah. just it got too much. Yeah, too much. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you see the equipment you got here just for for a podcast. Yeah, I know, like right? Packing that up and going somewhere else is just a nightmare. I, I kind of love it though. Yeah, it's kind of like my drug. Well, see, I've I've always been a solo shooter. I've never had an assistant. Nothing. So it's it's. You know, good. Why is that? Why is that? Yeah. <sighs> that's a good question. That's, that's a really good question. That's why I asked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I've always, I've always had a thing where 
if I had someone working with me, their energy had to match mine on set because if I'm working with someone who's essentially going to get their clothes off, if that's the if that's what that job is, mm. they need to be comfortable with not just myself, but the person that's also featuring in the background doing BTS or helping carry stuff around or yeah. even just setting the scene. You know what I mean? And that's it's a really tough thing these days with the way that I mean, only just recently, and I, I won't go too much into this because it's not my sort of it's not my place to say too much. Mm. But when you when you hear that there are groups of models that are having bad experiences with travel shoot trips, mm-hmm. let's put it that way, mm-hmm. and you hear the nightmare of either the photographer being having terrible unprofessional behaviour, but if they bring someone with them that's also not professional, mm. it's not great. And it really downs it for everybody else in the industry who's doing the right thing. Mm. Those who, you know, we look out for the people we work with. We care about the people we work with. Um, yeah, I think that's what's, that's one thing for me. I've never found that right person to come on board with me to, to sort of help out. And so far I've managed. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, outside of Fantasy Mansion, because Emma, my co-founder, is absolutely, she's a gem. I couldn't do that without her. It'd just be. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the I, amount I, of work we did was just crazy. I'm, I'm pretty much the same. Like, um and the thing that I was going to mention before, which is what you were talking about with um, when you were creating the content for Fantasy Mansion and, you know, um, uh, people will always remember you based on how you made them feel. Correct. And so Correct. for me with my photography and my shoots, like I will adjust my energy levels to be able to influence their energy levels to yep. get them to a point where I can get that shot that yes. we're looking for. I yep. can get that girl next door shot. I can get that kind of like dark and dingy or, you know, that dark feminine look, you know. Yep. Yep. And so um, so having another person on shoot with me has always been kind of like it's sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good because it's it's – a bit difficult to then manage the yeah. energy exchange, you know, that's going on during the shoot. Sure. By all means, if if the person who's doing the shoot wants to bring a person, oh, by all means, hundred percent. I, I like, generally get a lot of requests for either the partner or a hype friend. Yeah, like by all means, bring that along because if that's going to give you confidence, I've had people's mums come. Why not? You know, I get a lot like, of partners, which is fine because I, I I jam with the partners in the background. You know? Yeah, we, yeah. We, we just have a good laugh and make sure it's a it's a fun day for everybody. A hundred percent. The the only time that I've actually denied partners to a shoot, we did one recently. I don't know if you saw the the group nude shoot that I did, um, that was purely respectful of each of the models that came along in the chat that we'd set up. I'd I'd sort of just specified that you can bring your partners, like bring you to the shoot on the day, but unless everybody was comfortable having yeah. a male or even a female partner there it was sort of like all or none correct so we just left it as easy as none it was 100%. partners could obviously be outside the venue waiting yeah but on the day of the shoot just to keep it simple everyone there was just the talent that was being shot i think that's just, i think the only, the only time that's a it's just like professional it. etiquette correct. right and it's yep. respect for yep. everybody's you know yep. um kind of requirements. Yeah, well, I think there's the a handful of people there that had never shot with me before. Yeah. But they were keen to jump, come in and do the shoot because it was a cool concept. Yeah. Um, so it's those kind of people. I, I don't know what how they feel about it. I don't know that, that energy. You don't know till you get there. Yeah, exactly. So it's it was sort of just 
I just kept it nice and simple and just said, no partners inside the venue while we shoot. Outside that, be my guest. Sometimes as a photographer and as a, as a I guess, um, coordinator of your shoots, you just you have to make to that call. Yeah. You've got to set the boundaries yeah. and it's kind of like it, it'll just benefit you later on down the line. Yeah, I think I think there's, there's, a, there's a level that people need to see that you're a professional mm. and it's my job. Like my reputation's on the line every time I shoot. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%. As much as we have fun and we joke about it, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, thanks so much for coming along for well, the podcast. Welcome. Where can people find you? What are all your social media? We've kind of like uh, mentioned it, but obviously yeah. I'll like... No, the, the, the easiest place to find me is just my Corey.Uncensored Instagram. I think that's, that's the main one. If you're interested in my commercial work, it's fd.media. Yeah, um, fantastic. Yeah, my websites are all associated with those. So that's that's about it. And other than that, Fantasy Mansion, when that kicks off, hopefully next month. I can't wait for Fantasy <laughs> Mansion. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Obviously, subscribe and hit that uh, notification button to obviously get notified when a new video comes out. But uh, thanks, Corey, for coming along, brother. Well, thank you. Thank you.